This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're back for an episode that we're going to cover one of the biggest topics in deer hunting and really one of the biggest topics in all hunting altogether, and that is gear. What gear do you need? What gear do you pick? What gear is essential to help you get started? What gear is nice to have? And what gear doesn't really matter that much right off the bat? So we're going to just jump right into it today. There's a lot to cover. Don't want to try to go too long. So I want to talk to you today about a couple different things. One, there is... Uh, the, the, the types of gear that are good to have. There's some specific things that I use and that I prefer that I think are worth getting. And then just what are some of the workarounds? So a lot of people, they get into the sport and they're thinking, okay, deer hunting, got to get out there. What do you need? They say, okay, my state, maybe you need a blaze orange coat or you need X square inches of blaze orange on your chest and head and so on. So they go out and they go to these big box retailers or these boutique stores and they're looking at coats, you know, that are maybe $500, $600 for a, a you know, high end blaze orange hunting coat with lots of features and lots of insulation and different things on it. And you're thinking, holy cow, do I really have to spend that much money to get started in hunting? The answer is no absolutely not not in any bit do you need to spend that kind of money there are some workarounds here some things that i think will get you you know what you where you need to go and just as effective in most situations so let's just jump right into it i'm going to start first and let's talk about footwear 
when you're in the woods, you 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 need to have some kind of boot, some kind of footwear that'll get you to and from where you need to go. Now you're thinking, George, you really need to talk about footwear? Oh yeah, footwear is the number one thing. To me, there's nothing bigger than footwear. Um, nothing has stopped more hunts for me or caused more problems in hunts than bad footwear, uh, footgear failure, or something that just went wrong or didn't work out right. And the number one thing is warmth. Do your shoes, do your boots, do they do enough to keep you warm? You know, after warm, you've got, are they rugged enough to cover the terrain? Are they waterproof enough? So this is a big issue. This is a big subject. When I first started, I went out in tennis shoes. Literally, I, had, I didn't have any boots. I didn't have anything else. I went out in running shoes with a bunch of socks on. Thankfully, that day it wasn't so cold, but, you know, there were times after that, it's, I, I learned real fast that, okay, the feet matter. Now, you start looking at, you know, high-end hunting boots, insulated, 2,000 grams of thin slate, stuff like that. You could easily be up in the $200 range. Uh, even more than that, if you go to specific brands. Do you need to spend $200 on your first pair of hunting boots? Absolutely not. No, actually, there's some really good workarounds. If you can get something that you have or you can pick up at a thrift store that's mildly waterproof, has some support to it, you can make it work. So the way you do that is there is a twofold solution. Socks is number one. You need some good quality socks. I think you're, you know, and as a beginner, you're better off using a pair of boots or some kind of footwear that you already have or go to the thrift store and get something for two bucks and then go and get yourself an excellent pair of socks. Uh, I recommend the Smart Wool socks. They are excellent. I've been using them for years. They're not a sponsor or anything like that. But, I mean, they're just a great sock. They've got Merlino wool. They've got some, um, you know, a bunch of other materials in there to give it some, some give, some bend, help with the moisture wicking. And they make a couple different varieties of them. They make a mild grade. But then they also make an extra heavy wool or smart wool sock. And that's what I recommend. That's going to run you somewhere between... Uh, 20 and 25 bucks. I'll put a link to the ones that I recommend in the show notes, but that is the way to go. Better to spend two dollars on a new pair or on a pair of boots at a thrift store and get some brand new $25 socks that are excellent. A lot of people they'll just get whatever socks they have and put five layers on. That's not necessarily a good idea, and the reason is wool and smart wool. They, they have this fantastic property of being moisture wicking while holding and retaining heat. So what I found is, you know, there's, there's almost, I mean, well, there's not almost, there's nothing better than good Merlino wool socks. I've not seen anything. There's no synthetic material that's better. For whatever reason, that wool is the warmest thing going. So get yourself a nice pair of socks. Now, I know what some people might be thinking if you're experienced, you know, the boot matters, socks not enough in and of itself, you know, wearing those tennis shoes on a 10 degree day with the best socks in the world aren't going to do it. And you're right, but there's a workaround for that too. And that is uh, hand warmers. 
hand and foot warmers. These those little pouches, you open them up, you shake them, and as soon as the air hits them, they start to generate heat. That is what it's all about right there. It took me years to figure that out. But those little hand warmers, uh, Heat Factory makes, I think, the best ones on the market for the money. You can get a case of them that's a variety of different kinds for, I think, 10 bucks. Again, I'll put a link to them in, in, the, show to, or in the show notes so you guys can check them out. But there's, I've found no one thing that is better and has saved more hunts than those little warmers. Now, they make three kinds. This is a whole show right here on hand, on these warmers, but I'm just going to give you guys the, the cliff notes just real quick. They make a small version for your hands. They make larger ones for whatever hands or body. And then they make, well, actually, they make four kinds. They make those two. They make a toe warmer version which is essentially the ones for the small ones for your hands, but they're sticky on the bottom, so you can stick them to your toes. And then they make a whole sole of your foot version, and that's sticky on the bottom, and you can stick it to the bottom of your sock and then put your, 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 your foot right into your boot with that on there. So the long and short of it is the whole foot ones, those are great in, in two conditions. If you're not going to be walking a lot, and if you're only going to be out for half a day or it's only going to be cold in the morning because those only last five or six hours and really they might not even always last that long and you're walking on them and it could be a little awkward so if you're if you're going to be covering 10 20 30 miles in a day don't go with those if you're going to be out in a day where it's going to be cold from morning to evening don't go with those um the toe warmer ones, what I found to work best is, I, I think they tell you to put them on the bottom of your of your toes, underneath, like on the sole of your foot. Way better to put them on top of your socks. So put them above your toes and then slide your, your foot into the boot. Because when you do that, you're not walking on them. It doesn't impede your movement at all. If your boot is big enough and you want boots that are a little bit large so you can fit extra socks and some warmers in there, then you don't even know they're in there other than the great heat that they provide. Those ones are the easiest because they're sticky. You can just put them right on your sock and then stick your foot in the boot and you're good to go. But they don't last that long either. Those are really only a half day warmer. The hand warmers, both the small ones and the big ones, those can last 12 plus hours. That's where it's at. If it's real cold, what you do as you get one of the bigger body warmers, not ones with self-adhesive, just the big packets, and then get yourself just a wee bit of masking tape and just do a light wrap around, the, around that, put it on top of your foot over your toes, just one easy light wrap and then just slide it in. All the tape's gonna do is help it stay on top of your toes when you slide your foot into your boots. All you need it to do. And that will keep your feet warm, if not hot, all day. Now, full disclosure, if it's a mild day, there could be too much heat. I've had it happen, your feet are too hot. But when it's cold out, uh, that will, that'll save your life. You're out there and it's cold. And even once you get to the point where you wanna shell out some money for some good boots, even the best boots that are out there with all the thin slate in the world, they will still get cold if you're sitting still and it's cold and windy for six hours even with a good, a good pair of socks on. So the warmers in the boots, now they cost like a dollar a pack, $2 a pack. 
uh, in the case. It's a little cheaper than that. And when I first started hunting, I thought to myself, yeah, I don't know that I want to you know, spend that kind of money. And then I thought about it. George, you're spending how much money on a vacation day to go out into the woods? And then you're not going to spend $1 or $2 on the warmers that could make the difference between an enjoyable day and a miserable day? That doesn't even make sense. I use them every single time I go out if it's cold. I don't even care if it's a half day or whatever. I'm not going to have my feet be cold. It's not worth it. So that's what I recommend for your feet. Get yourself you know, a, a decent pair of footwear, something you've got or something you can grab at a thrift store, something that you can hike through whatever area you've got to go to that's as watertight as possible. And I'm really stressing watertight over warmth. If you keep your feet dry, then between the socks and the warmers, you can stay warm. You know, if you can keep the wind out, then you can stay warm. So again, those, uh, I got the warmers and the socks. I'll put those in the show notes. You can check them out. Next is a flashlight. Gotta have a decent flashlight. You never know if you're going to take a deer in the last 10 minutes of the day and you might have to dress that deer once the sun goes down. Have yourself a decent flashlight or one of those headlamps. You can go to Harbor Freight and pick one up for like three bucks, four bucks. You know, I was going to try to, to link to the ones I use and then I realized they're all like Harbor Freight specials. I've got a couple decent flashlights, but you don't need to spend a whole lot of money on a flashlight to get started. You really don't. I'm going to do a show down the road on flashlights for people that are a little bit further along or go out for predator hunting at night when you have to have a quality flashlight. But for what we're doing for deer, you just need a cheap little flashlight. Um, you know, the most you would need light for other than field dressing a deer with a headlamp is just if you are chasing a deer, you know, as the sun's going down, if you had a bad shot and it ran, then, you know, a little bit more light's going to help you, but you don't need to spend more than a few bucks on a flashlight to get started. Get out there, get hunting. If it clicks, if you like it, if you decide, man, deer is awesome, then you can gear up later in the season or next season. You don't have to worry about it. Next on the list is camo. This is one of those ones that is, you know, across the board. What do you wear when you're hunting? Do you need to go and buy some, you know, Under Armour, Super Camo, some Cabela's brand stuff, some high-end camo or blaze orange? The answer is absolutely not. Here's the rule of thumb when you're first getting started. Deer cannot see uh, orange, red, and uh, some sh yellows very well, and then browns, greens, blacks, you know, don't stand out to them. What they can see brighter and clear and very distinct are blues and whites and more on the white side of the yellows. So, you know, some people go out in blue jeans. That's probably the worst thing you could possibly do. You're just wearing a big sign and says, hey, here I am. I stand out. This is not a normal color to be in the woods. Uh, run away. You don't need to have a bunch of camo. Uh, depending on your state, you may have to wear some orange or a lot of orange for deer season. That's all right. What I recommend you do, get yourself, if you can get some nice cheap camo pants, great, do that. Get yourself ones that are extra large and extra cheap, and then you can wear layers under them to keep you warm. You don't have to get real fancy pants to keep you warm. 
Um, and with a coat, here's what I recommend. Get yourself whatever you have that is a neutral color. If something you've already got, if you got to go to thrift, the thrift store and get something for five, ten bucks, go get yourself a coat that's a neutral color. You know, camo's great, but a neutral color, anything black, brown, green, um, just something that's, you know, a darker tan maybe, something that's a neutral color that's not going to stand out. If it's got a pattern in it, that's better, but it's not a big deal. Same thing with your pants. And then go and get yourself a nice blaze orange camo vest. Now, I'm just going to take a minute here. So when I say blaze orange camo, that means it is orange. It's the blaze orange, the hunting orange. But it has um, maybe some black lines, some black camo, some gray camo tones over it. What this does is it breaks up your outline. So you meet your orange requirements for your state, and usually they're all 250 or 300 uh, inches of orange, and you get a nice vest that will meet the orange requirements, but it has some camo built into it. It's orange camo, so you meet your requirements, but it's breaking up your outline. That's probably the most important thing is you want to break up that outline. You don't just want to be one solid color if you can help it, and the vest will do it. So you don't need to go and get a an amazing $500 coat. Take a coat that you have. The number one most important thing for the coat is quietness. Can you move the sleeves? Can you rub them you know, against your side without making a whole bunch of noise? You want a, co a coat that's relatively quiet. Anytime I'm in the store looking at camo, uh, I touch it before I look at it and then I rub it against itself. I'll just go down racks just touching and rubbing things. And when I find something that's quiet, there I stop and then I'll take a look at it. But go to the thrift store. Get yourself a coat for five or ten bucks. Something that's big, that's a neutral color, that's, that's relatively quiet. And then go and get yourself a nice camo, uh, or excuse me, orange camo vest. Uh, you can get a great one for thirty bucks on Amazon. I recommend it. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, and this vest is going to have your pockets. It's going to have places to put ammo. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have a lot of the features that the really expensive coat would have. And then you're going to have those $500 coat features and your $30 vest. So go get you a, a cheap coat or coat you already have and then get a decent vest. And then what you can do is you can still wear that coat for other things. Right? If you get a blaze orange camo coat for deer hunting and say you want to go turkey hunting in the spring and there's no orange involved in that at all, it's just 100% camo, well, you can't wear that coat. But if you have a coat and you just throw on an orange vest, well, hey, there you go. Or if you want to decide you want to go out in the spring, you get yourself a camo vest and just throw that over the coat. So you're, you're set. And if it's hot, if it's cold, you wear different different coats you just throw that vest over top of whatever you're wearing. Maybe it's real hot for whatever reason where you're hunting and, you know, part of the season. You just throw a long sleeve t-shirt on, whatever you got, then put your orange vest over top of that. You don't have to worry about buying five coats of different weights and all that. So go get yourself a nice vest. I've got a link to one in the show notes. Uh, that is what you really need to do. Same thing with pants. Pants are less of a deal. Just get some kind of neutral color doesn't matter or get some cheap camo that's oversized so you can put layers under it and you just adjust and then next year if you decide hey this is good 
you can figure out what parts of your gear are the weakest and you can upgrade them from there. So you got your camo. Next thing you need to have is a sharp knife. Uh, I went out and decided at, at the beginning I needed to have a great knife. I went, my, went and got myself a $100 Benchmade, which is a great knife. It served me well. It was totally overkill. 5 or $10 little flip knife that was sharp is all I really needed. Uh, just keep it sharp. What do you need the knife for? You need the knife to cut string, and you need the knife for field dressing. And we're going to do a whole show on field dressing uh, down the road a little bit. But you just need a, sh a small, sharp knife. Doesn't have to be expensive. Doesn't have to be fancy. Again, you know, once you do this a couple times, you'll figure out, okay, what would really help me? Some people use the same $5 knife for years. Not a deal. Some people think, you know, a nicer knife would help me, would be an aid to me, so they upgrade that. That's totally up to you. I'm just trying to get you started. Get yourself a small, sharp little knife. Can be totally cheap. Not a big, big deal. Uh, you're going to want to definitely have some water and snacks with you when you go out. If you're going to be out for even just a half day, got to have some water. Good to have some munchies. Um, so a pen and string is important. Because if you take a deer, most likely your state's law is you're going to have to attach your tag to it right where it lays. So you take your knife, you poke a little hole in the deer's ear, and then you take your little string out, you cut it, and then you just thread the tag through and you tie it up. It takes 30 seconds and you're done. But if you don't have a knife and string and a pen to fill out the tag, well, now you're in a pickle if the game commission you know, happens to come by or see you or you take the deer out and there's no tag on it, you can be in trouble. So I always keep a, just a little bit of, of string and a pen in my bag at all times. Uh, umbrella or rain gear. This is not a requirement, but if you're going to go out on a day where rain is in the forecast or likely, or there's a significant chance, you got to have a plan. I think the simplest thing to do is get yourself just a black umbrella or they, they make nice camo umbrellas, but it's really not needed and the chances of you using it are, you know, not relatively high. Or some people like to get a rain suit or a poncho. You get a $2 poncho if you get caught in a downpour, you can throw that on, cover you and your gear. Just have a plan. Now, if you go out on a day where it's beautiful, it's sunny, your chance of rain is, you know, 0%. Well, no, of course, you don't need anything like that. Or if you're hunting close to the car or close to your house or close to a house, you can maybe get away with not having anything. But if it's a 50% chance of rain, you should have some backup plan in case you get stuck in a downpour. Just so you don't get drenched, so you don't get sick, you know, just so you can enjoy the day. And sometimes, you know, after the rain... Deer may decide, oh, now's a good time to, to get up and move. The rain moistens the leaves so they can move quietly through the woods. That can be a nice time to be out, and you don't want to have to run back to the car and then try to sneak your way back into the woods. So have a rain plan if you go out on a day that warrants it. Uh, something that took me a while to learn, Ziploc bags, garbage bags, and paper towels always in your pack have some Ziploc bags. And what I do is I put all my stuff in the Ziploc bags. So my flashlight, my knife, my string, my pen, uh, anything that I take with me that could be damaged by water, I put it in Ziploc bags. So if I do get stuck in a terrible downpour and all my gear gets drenched, nothing's going to get ruined. Because I just got it all in little Ziploc bags. 
garbage bag is huge. Always have, you know, uh, one of those nice white or black garbage bags, just fold it up real thin and, and slid in your pack somewhere. There's always a use for that. Uh, if when you're taking small game or birds, that can be just the best way to transport them or put them in your car. For deer, once you're done field dressing, you got some gloves, you got some paper towels, you got some gear that's a mess. You just throw it in the bag, throw the bag in your pack, and you're out of there. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. Always have a garbage bag in your pack. Uh, then you got a first aid kit. Um, and depending on where you're hunting, you might also want to have a first aid whistle. You might want to have a compass. What do you really need in a first aid hit kit? It all depends on where you're going and how far out you're going to be, how far you are away from help. You know, if you're going to be out in the mountains by yourself, you need more. If you're going to be in your neighbor's backyard, you probably don't need a whole lot. Uh, just the basics, bandages, some gauze, some medical tape. Uh, if you got some string or paracord with you, you can use that. Some people say you ought to have a tourniquet and a sling and all that stuff. Again, it depends on where you're at. If you're going out west and you're going to be you know, out and hiking through the mountains by yourself, that may make sense. Most people aren't going to be that far out, so you don't need to, to worry about a lot, but have something with you in your pack that's good to have. Again, a compass. If you're in your backyard, you don't need a compass. But if you are, you know, out somewhere where you could lose your bearings and reception's not good, that's a nice idea. Safety whistle, I think, is one of the most underrated things. You can pick one up for two or three bucks uh, in a lot of places. And that is just a good item to have because if you get injured and you can't walk out, out of somewhere and maybe you can't get reception to call out, call for help, eventually your voice is going to be exhausted from calling for help. Even after just, you know, not that long. Safety whistle, you can just sit there and blow that occasionally. It doesn't require a lot of energy. It's cheap, it's small, it's light. You ought to have it if you're hunting anywhere or something like that. Or maybe you call for help, but you're in the woods, you're on the ground, there's tree cover, nobody can see you even if they're near you, and you run out of energy to, to, to call for help. Safety whistle, just that can do it. And then you've got the backpack. Um, you know, you can spend a lot of money on a nice hunting bag. All you really need to get started is a camo, bat, black, or neutral color bag. Now, when I first went out for my first year or two, I did not take a backpack. I just tried to jam everything I needed in my pockets. And that was rough and noisy uh, and quite uncomfortable. And I didn't even know everything that I needed, so I didn't take everything that I needed. And I ended up in a pickle more than once because um, I didn't have a podcast like the New Hunter's Guide to, to help me figure out what needs to go in my pack to get me started or even that I should have a pack. And I remember seeing my uncle uh, as I'm out hunting one time. He's pulling some stuff out of his pack, and I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Why don't I have a pack? And it took me a while to, to come up with one, but... Just a cheap little nothing backpack, something you can throw on that's just a neutral color. You can always get a nice camo one later. Um, you know, I like to see a backpack and feel it and handle it before I buy one. So, I, you know, I think I got mine on sale at um, Dick's Sporting Goods or Field and Stream or something for like 30 bucks. But 
all you need is something to put your stuff in. You're not going to be hanging it out in front of your where you're you know set up. It's it's going to be something that's on your back or next to you on the ground or whatever. So not a huge deal. Just have a backpack to put all this stuff in. Uh, and some other things. So you're in the woods and you have to have a hat. And in a lot of states, it's required. You have to have a blaze orange hat for for fall rifle deer season. But here's the thing, 90% of all hunters are gonna have like a baseball cap. And they're gonna be wearing this baseball cap, orange cap. I am not a fan of the baseball cap. In fact, I am adamantly against hunting with the baseball cap. And I'm gonna tell you why. It, It exaggerates movement. If I turn my head an inch to the left or an inch to the right, that whole bill, that whole sunshade on the top of that hat moves that far and further out in front of me. So even a slight movement is now exaggerated because there's more matter, there's more mass, there's more color turning. What I recommend you do is get you a small um, a blaze orange camo beanie. Just a little, you know, just pull it right over your head, over your ears. Again, blaze orange, but with a camo pattern because that breaks up your outline. The deer can't see the orange, and the pattern helps you blend into wherever you are. You can pick one of those up. I think I mine, I, the one I got is about 13 bucks on Amazon. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But that I found to be the best case, uh, the best solution. Now, there's times if, if you have to sit somewhere where you're in the sun and you're looking into the sun, yeah, the baseball cat can help. Sometimes when I'm out turkey hunting, I will wear the baseball cap if it's sunny and I'm going to be walking into the sun just because that can help the eyes or if you're going out for you know different kinds of wing shooting. But for deer, you should be setting up in the shade. This will be a topic of a future show again, but you should be setting up in the shade. You should always be in the shade. You should never be in the sun where you're sitting. The shade hides you. It helps conceal you. You blend in easier. You can see better. So you shouldn't need that baseball cap. So again, I recommend get you a blaze orange camo beanie. Or if it's another season, get yourself a regular camo beanie. I got, I've got, i got a blaze orange and a camo, one of the same brand. Link into it in the show notes. Uh, it works great. And it's cheap. 13 bucks. It's relatively warm. You can always add, you know, some other layers under it. You can add one of those, like the ski mask that covers all your head except for around your eyes. I've got a couple of those in different weights, but that's not needed. But you do have to have a hat. So get yourself a a hat. It's good, I think, to get one of those. That's probably the best solution. And then gloves. Gloves are a big one. Um, It... It's really weather dependent. I've got several pair of gloves that I've sort of accumulated over the years for different kinds of weather. But what what I think you need for most of the time in the fall, you need sort of a medium weight insulated glove. So I got a great pair off Amazon a couple years ago. They were called Glacier Gloves. Less than 20 bucks, like 18 bucks. They've got like 200 grams of thin slate or something like that in them. They're nice and warm. You've got still good finger movement. Depending on what kind of rifle you're using, you could still pull the trigger with these on it. You can carry stuff well. They have a camo pattern. Uh, for 18 bucks, you're not going to beat that anywhere. It's just not going to happen. 
Now, you read through the reviews on the gloves and people are going to say, well, I was out elk hunting and it was 10 degrees and I was still cold and the wind was blowing. Well, yeah, they're medium weight gloves. They're not made for negative 10. They're not made for, you know, just uh, laying in the snow or on the ice for hours and hours and hours. They're medium weight. They're good, you know, probably in the 30s, 40s, but they're... They're, for the price, you can't beat them. So I'm going to link to those in the show notes as well. I've been using those for years as one of my primaries. That is, a, I think, the single best place to start. They're not too warm, so if it's a little bit warmer, you're going to be okay. But what I found is if it's too cold, you just take those little hand warmers, jam them up in the gloves. Done. Then you just close your hands on the gloves while you're sitting there, and that'll keep you warm. So it's good for moderate, and then it can also be good for cold with the little hand warmers, which again are in the show notes, or will be. Uh, Then you need some game cleaning gloves. Uh, This is sort of a big deal if you you don't think about until you take a deer and then you've got to field dress it, and you realize you might have to be reaching into this thing. And, you know, most, well, some people are okay with their hands getting messy, but once you reach, you know, reaching up to your elbow and getting your whole arm messy, that can get kind of gross, especially if the weather's not good. So get yourself a nice pair of game cleaning gloves. These are extra thick around the hands, and then they pull all the way up past your elbows. I think the ones that I use are are shoulder length. Uh, I'll put a, a link to them in the show notes. I think they're about five bucks. It's either for a pair or for two pairs. And great, 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 great item. They take up almost no space. They weigh almost nothing. You only use them when you take a deer. And you will be so happy and so thankful that you've got those in your pack if you do take a deer. So link to those in the show notes. And then, uh, see, I've got a list here. A deer drag system. Uh, this is quite important, I think, and most people overlook it. Uh, a deer drag system is, is, I mean, essentially no more than a rope with a strap on it. You tie the rope either to the antlers or to the front legs, if it's a doe, and then the strap sort of goes across your chest, so you can turn around and you can walk and pull the deer behind you. That is by far the easiest way to do it. Get it all hooked up, get it all set up. And if you don't have it, you won't realize how important it is until you gotta drag a deer 100 yards by yourself and with your gear and you're just like, oh man, there's no easy way to do this because it's hard to get a good hold of the animal. So if you have a good deer drag system, and we're talking like $4, guys. $4 for a rope and a strap, They've got one, the one I use, I'll link to it in the show notes. It's four bucks. You got it, you can use it for years. You can use it again and again and again. It's easy, it's simple. Put it in your pack. You always have it with you for deer hunting or you know anything similar that you might have to do a drag. And you might not need it, but if you do, you're gonna be really happy that you've got something. Otherwise, you know, you try to just grab the arms and pull or grab the feet and pull or grab the antlers and pull that'll work for a little while if you don't have to go far but you're gonna really find yourself getting fatigued in your arms and in your back and trying to see where you're going and climbing over stuff 
you'll be able to do a lot more, a lot easier with a lot less risk by just tying the rope on, putting the strap across your chest and just walking and pulling. So I would totally, absolutely uh, recommend that for four bucks. So just as a quick recap, uh, you got to have footwear, boots, flashlight, pants, coat, knife, water, snacks, pen and string. Uh, consider rain gear if, if it's that time of, that time of year. Uh, a Ziploc bag, garbage bag, paper towels, first aid kit, camo, black or neutral backpack. And then the specifics that I'm recommending to you guys, get yourself an orange camo hat, 13 bucks. And it'll last you probably for decades. Get yourself an orange camo vest so you can use any cheap coat, anything you've got to help you get started, like 30 bucks. Get yourself some nice, heavy, smart wool socks. Save yourself the boots for this first go around. Get yourself a, 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 a case of hand warmers. Those are running like 10 bucks. Uh, again, got the link. Get yourself a nice pair of gloves. Something cheap, something that'll help you get started, something effective. I recommend the glacial gloves. Get yourself a cheap pair of game cleaning gloves. Again, we're talking five bucks. Get yourself a deer drag system. Again, four dollars. If you ever have to drag a deer, that you will say to yourself, this is the best four dollars I've ever spent in my life. So all those specific items, I'll have links to those in the show notes so you can go and check them out. I know we got a little bit long on this episode, but... I couldn't think of any way to boil this down uh, and still provide value to you guys. But the thing I want to point out is, you know, a hundred years ago, they didn't have any of these fancy brands. They didn't have most of this fancy stuff and people enjoyed deer hunting. They used a lot of the same rifles that you can use today. They used, um, you know, they used sharp knives and they had backpacks but most of the fancy stuff that's out there, they didn't have, they didn't know about it, they didn't miss it, and they had success. So you don't need all this super high-end fancy gear, expensive gear to get out there and to be successful. Even some of the things I've mentioned today, you can get by without those. It might be, you know, it'd be easier on you to have some of this stuff, but it's not required. You know, if you can get out there and just not stand out too much and stay warm, and be able to, to function if you got a decently warm day, you can get by with surprisingly little. You really can. So my message to you is focus more on your tactics than your deer or than your gear. If you can stay still, if you can stay in the shade, if you can be quiet, if you can pick a good spot, that's gonna do way more to you in terms of being successful and having a shot at it than having all the best gear in the world. In fact, you'll see, you know, eventually if you stay at it long enough, you will find people that do have the best gear in the world and they're lousy at everything else. They can't sit still for more than a couple minutes. They cannot pick a good spot. They're never in this, they're never in the shade. They're just always making noise. They're doing everything they can, hoping the beer the, the gear is gonna make it all up. And the gear can help. It can, it can make it more comfortable, it can give you uh, some small advantages here and there, it can make some things more convenient, but you are the biggest thing. You doing the right things at the right time in the right places, you, you can easily overcome any gear deficiency you have and be successful, and most importantly, 
have fun. Get out there and have fun. Enjoy yourself. So I'm going to encourage you guys, check out the show notes, newhuntersguide.com. I'll have all the links for you there. Have some recaps, some more information, some tips, pointers, things to do, things to keep in mind, things to remember. Uh, So glad you guys could listen. Appreciate you. God bless. Have a great one and have a great season.